Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, welcome to Fightful. It is now November 19th, 2023. I'm here for your AEW full gear post-show review. If you're here, leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe, uh, tap that bell for notifications. We have uh, live post-show reviews almost every damn night. Every night except for Sunday, and then on some Sundays we have them too. We have uh, a ton of new shows throughout the week and we're interviewing a lot of wrestling's top stars bringing you exclusive information tonight you are going to have uh, probably as much backstage news on this show as we've had on one in a very very long time that of course is courtesy of fightfulselect.com that is our exclusive wrestling news service it's where you go to get accurate news uh you get it uh with with stunning accuracy with incredible context, uh, today we had the confirmation of Will Ospreay as the AAW signing, but we have just so much additional information. You're going to hear plenty of that here tonight. You can get a lot more over at FightfulSelect.com. I know some of you are like, why would I pay for wrestling news? Oh, why? It's just $5 or $54 a year. You also get 40-plus podcasts a month, including another post-show review going on right now with Kate Hensler. And Alex Pawlowski, man, let's go ahead and get to it. We've got uh, a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, I want to make sure that Super Chats are working and all that stuff because uh, they seem a little bit funky right now. But we're going to make sure those are up and running. If not, 
We've got super chats and humper chats. We got humper chats over at humperchats.com. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat here at youtube.com slash fightful. You can also go over to humperchats.com and you can leave them before we go on the air, while we're on the air, any yeah, any number of things. So uh, share this on social media, all this good stuff. We've got plenty to get into. And uh, our moderator, Luis, will be taking down those Super Chats, Humper Chats. He'll let me know, make sure everything's all smooth, make sure nobody's having any trouble joining. We did get uh, some news on the Continental Classic, and we're going to get more at the Scrum, which I will also have uh, news from here. Mark Briscoe and Eddie Kingston join. Now, Eddie Kingston doesn't just join the Continental Classic field. He points to his strong heavyweight championship from New Japan, his ROH World Heavyweight Championship, and he says, oh, and when the winner wins the Continental Classic Championship, which I, you know, I believe is effectively in title only, he said, we're effectively going to create a world triple crown out of this because I'm going to defend these two title belts Every match during the Continental Classic. Now, for those of you who didn't, who don't know exactly how this works, you got an A block and a B block. You got two sets of six. They are all going to face each other within those sets. Then the winners of those, uh, based on on points and standings, will face each other in the final. Just, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. ABW says my initial dream is for Mustafa Ali to confront the winner of the Continental Classic at World's End. Still hope it could happen. Uh, ABW, it could absolutely happen. Now he won't be good to go for uh, he won't be good to go for the start of the Continental Classic, but he could certainly show up there and and do something. Could do something. Let's talk about Zero Hour. Eddie Kingston, Jay Lethal. Eddie Kingston picks up the win. Now listen, I I don't know if I need this to be a five hour show all the time especially if AEW is going to keep doing pay-per-views with more regularity. But, uh, I mean, those pleas are going to fall on deaf ears, I feel. I don't think that those pleas are going to be listened to uh, anytime soon. Eddie Kingston and Jay Lethal have been, uh, if you haven't been watching ROH or Rampage or anything like that, they've been continuing. This feud's been going on for for quite a while. I mean, there there was a match that, you know, that Jeff Jarrett even won in order to get Jay Lethal um, a little higher on the board to get him into that match. But you know what you're getting whenever you see Eddie Kingston. You're getting something raw. You're getting something real. You're getting something legitimate out of him because of his passion for pro wrestling. Like, he is one of the most passionate guys that you'll ever see. Uh, Jay Lethal, always going to be a solid performer. But I think the story of this was... The fact that Ortiz and Eddie Kingston made nice. Uh, Ortiz ran down to the ring and hit uh, Sanjay Dutt with the guitar. Sanjay Dutt sold it like a million bucks, like you know he would. But Eddie had pretty brutally attacked Ortiz, um, you know, as a part of their split. And it wasn't something that they just ignored. They They made up. They did one of those things, you know, time heals all wounds. I'm sure... If if anybody's going to explain what happened, Eddie Kingston's going to explain what happened. He's going to make sense of this. Van Twinblade said, Eddie, you madman. He is a madman. And I love that he's doing that. Uh, it, as if 
the Continental Classic didn't already have an appropriate buzz, adding these two titles to that adds just e- even more because now there's something tangible there, not just at the end of the tournament, but during the tournament as well. So we could see Eddie Kingston lose that in the first match, and it could change hands two times, and then Eddie Kingston could get it back along the way. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. I love that. And, you know, I think that if Tony Khan had announced the Continental Classic where he announced the all-in thing, I don't think that there would have been as much criticism over the announcement. Now, AEW has has done a lot of tournaments, a whole lot of tournaments. But this one, I mean, everybody's wanted AEW talent in, in the G1. This is their G1. This is what this is. So I'm for this tournament, especially. Claudio Castagnoli defeated Buddy Matthews. That isn't listed on our rundown here. Luis! Moderator Luis! Uh, Good match. You know what you're getting out of Claudio and, and Buddy as well. I mean, Buddy in a singles capacity... I wouldn't say criminally misused because he's been used, you know, in the trios set of things. And initially I was like, damn, I would love to have him in that ladder match. But then seeing what Brody King did in that ladder match, no, I'm really happy that Brody King was in there. But uh, a 10 minute match to you know, put Buddy Matthews in there against an established guy like Claudio, a couple of guys that a lot of fans know. So if you are a WWE fan or you, you're a WWE fan you're checking out AEW for the first time. There's a real good chance you know Claudio and a pretty good chance you know Buddy. So I think it was smart and strategic to put them on here. Now, I'm not saying they were going after casuals or WWE fans, but you had a little something for everybody on this opening, on this zero hour. You had the ROH tag title match, which again, featured a familiar name in Samoa Joe, featured the world champion in MJF. You've got the Claudio-Buddy matchup here where Claudio won uh, 10 minutes by submission. Then you got an ROH world title match to start it off. So a lot of stuff for free that you're getting there that you can point to and say, okay, now watch this pay-per-view. Let's get this thing ordered. MJF and Samoa Joe defeated the guns by submission. There was a <laughs> the Adam Cole distraction, I think worked out really, really well here. And Joe's motivation for this match was that he would get a title shot from MJF from helping him. And you, traditionally, if you know MJF, you say, well, what's his motivation? Why does he really want to keep these ROH World Tag Team titles? Because when this thing started, MJF was calling people sickos and perverts for even implying that he wrestled twice in one week, much less twice in one night. Now it's becoming a habit. And what it is, is the unpredictable evolution of MJF's character. Because for as long as anybody has listened, a year and a half, MJF would tell anybody that listened, my deal's up at the end of 2024, et cetera, et cetera. Whether that be true or not, I don't think it is. But that just kind of adds to it. We all assume MJF is a conniving liar. That he is this sniveling, cowardly heel. And that the only reason he was befriending Adam Cole 
was to avoid losing his world championship to him because Adam Cole had been such a threat. However, what we are seeing is MJF was willing to cut all the corners that he could to get where he is. But now that he's there, he realizes, you know what? I'm really, really good at this. And he's always known he's really good at it. He's always known that. But now we're seeing him execute it. Sorry, I just punched my microphone. We're seeing him execute it. We're seeing him gain this confidence that he has long said that he has, but the actions maybe haven't covered it, but it's in such a unique way because he can do all the scummy things that he used to do and people just love it. And that is the, I'm your scumbag type of thing. Samoa Joe, MJF on a collision course. This has been the plan for quite some time. And I think Joe might take that title. We'll talk more about that later, but man, how good are the guns? How good are the guns? Th those are a couple of hits for AEW. I've said this before, but when I watched the, the first All-In, you look at Austin Gunn in there and you're like, ah, nepotism, blah, blah, blah. But even his body language then, you're like, he's his father's son, for sure. You could see that. Then when Colton Gunn got hired, you go, well, is that nepotism? Probably. But pretty damn good hire regardless because these two guys are killing it. You can tell they put the work in, in the gym, in the ring, on their promos, their delivery, uh, the execution, the, the facial expressions, all that stuff. They are just immensely good at finding the role and, and, and the spot in which they fit and rising to that. Because there was a lot of eye rolling when they joined Bullet Club Gold. And look at them now, man. They are they are doing great. I love watching the guns wrestle. Love it. Now, afterwards, they wrap that chair around around the knee of MJF. And I'll make sure our great moderator Luis uh will will fill in those details here and there on some of these segments that are listed. But they take out Adam or they take out MJF's knee. He's carted off in an ambulance, and as he's being carted off, <laughs> he says, don't let them take my title. And I'm like, uh, oh boy. We're going to encapsulate all that in the main event segment, but we see MJF in an ambulance leaving, and if he gets further than two blocks, he might not make it back. It's L.A. Her traffic was insane. Lots of people late tonight. Lots of people late last night. Delo says, do you think AEW ditched the lights out gimmick? Um, I think they heard the audience that that was done far too much. And it was for years. Was for years. Johnny Heck says, do you think the Nick Hogan thing is a potential future Sunny situation? Should have learned after the first one. Great pay-per-view. It's unfortunate to see, man. Um. Drinking and driving is gross. If you do it, please never, ever do it again. Um, unfortunately, lost a lot of people I care about to to alcohol-related uh, vehicle accidents, and I don't have a lot of respect for people who do that. I don't, and hopefully it's not. Hopefully this is a wake-up call for Nick Hogan. I hope so. Because, I mean, what we've seen out of his... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Family in the past is an incredible sense of entitlement. Jambeard says a lot of AEW homegrown showed out tonight. The Guns, Julia Hart, Sky Blue, Chris Statlander, MJF, OC, and Darby. Well, I mean, listen... Austin Gunn was in ROH. MJF was in MLW for quite a while. Darby did some thing. I mean, from from the ground up, yeah. I mean, from from a national perspective, sure, sure, I could see that. A lot of people that that are identified as AW homegrowns. Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland defeated Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Christian Cage ended up abandoning his team. Sting wore the face paint along with Darby and Sting. And it's like, how long do you think he's been wanting to do that, right? Like, that is a dream. That is a dream. Jesus, that is so cool. Uh, This match was okay. It was fine. It, It was, you know what you're getting out of a Sting match. It is going to be smoke and mirrors, and that's okay. That is absolutely okay. Darby's going to continue to do the psychotic things that he does, like getting suplexed on his hip or slammed on his hip on the apron. Uh, commentary stated that he's doing his Mount Everest trip like 
like tomorrow, like taking a red eye to do it. And that takes a little while to complete. So I wonder what Sting's plans are. I wonder if he's trying to get this Everest climb in before World's End, because that would make some sense. And you could do some Sting single stuff and explain why Darby's not there. Maybe Adam Copeland has his back a little bit. But obviously Darby wants to be there for <laughs> Sting's last stretch. So, But I remembered him telling me that if he did it, it would be in like March or April because I interviewed him. Surprisingly pleasant human being, Darby. Jambeard says, Christian and Adam never really got in the match together, saving it for World's End or Revolution maybe. So that's a thing that I noticed as well. They understand how to maximize these interactions. And I don't think that they're going to waste them on a six-man tag. Now, and I'm not saying it was wasted or anything like that. I'm just saying it's pretty evident to me that they understand that there's money in an Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage feud. They, they know that. And they're going to do that uh, when appropriate. Sting uh, hugged his son. At ringside, I happen to know a little bit about his son because he went to college literally two miles from my house. Uh, Steve Borden, his son is like 6'3", 245. He, went, he was a tight end for the Kentucky Wildcats football team. I was like, when I saw him, I was like, damn, man, he's should get into wrestling. And Sting would sometimes, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, would work the live events in TNA because his son was in town. I'm going to I'm going to double check that and make sure, but if I remembered right, he did one or two back then. Yeah, yeah, he did baseball. Uh when his son was going to school here. It was Kurt Angle and Sting versus Aces and Eights at Whitaker Bank Ballpark of all things. Uh the only time he's wrestled in Kentucky in 23 years. So, yeah, I mean that's that's a guy that I, I bet AEW is like, "Hey, come on over here." Can we can we get you involved? Is there a way? Can we make that happen? International championship match. I have really enjoyed the story that they have developed out of this because it was never the plan. Orange Cassidy had this historic, extended, like really, really incredible international title reign that when the, the All-Atlantic title became the international title and they said, oh, he's leveled it up. I thought that was like kind of corny. I was like, really? That? And then the more that he defended that title, I was like, God damn, man, they were right. He did. He's the workhorse. So the title goes to John Moxley. And unfortunately, John Moxley gets concussed in a match. And they had to call an audible. And they had to get that title on to Ray Phoenix. That, that night. Well, Ray Phoenix has visa issues, and they had to get the title off of Ray Phoenix, so it goes back to Orange Cassidy. Two title changes that were never supposed to happen. And then we get this good feud developing out of this because Orange Cassidy, who is the greatest international champion ever, ever, and quite frankly, one of the better champions that AEW has ever had, period, and in his mind, his title reign, even the first one, isn't quite validated because he regained a title that was 
that everybody knew that John Moxley wasn't 100%. And listen, you know, it's wrestling and all that stuff, but even on screen, they treat concussions a little bit different, right? So he's doing out of character things like shoulder blocking <laughs> John Moxley, like, like a bully. Ooh, good stuff, man. Really good stuff that I think adds some dimensions, adds some layers, adds some motivation uh, to an Orange Cassidy. Things that that we haven't seen out of him necessarily that just, they they make him more interesting. And I thought that was important. I kind of didn't think that he was going to win, though. Because I thought that that would be sort of a plot point, a character a character dysfunction, so to speak, is where maybe he becomes the guy that he used to be because he couldn't beat John Moxley. But now I am interested to see how they follow up on this after John Moxley ATL. Because this match was was a very, very unique one in that when they had the bulldog choke on, it was very, very quiet. And then within like three or four minutes, they had the crowd rocking. Because usually for John Moxley matches, crowd's gonna be there no matter what. But that bulldog choke was on, and I was like, this feels like a side headlock type of thing. But then within three minutes, they had him rocking. Van Twinblade says, You gotta top him, Orange. <laughs> Not that kind of show, Taz. Oh, brother. But we saw a little bit of a development out of Wheeler Yuda and Hook, too, which a lot of BCC is taking inspiration from the fight world and, and how things emanate from that. And a lot of times we see that where the teams related to the two fighters end up fighting, and that's sort of what the tease was there. I wouldn't mind seeing some of that. I think that would be kind of cool. I would have loved it if after, and they could do this down the line as well, John Moxley and Orange Cassidy look like they're about to shake hands, and they're like, to hell with that. And they just keep fighting. They just keep fighting. Church of Tupac says, been a fan 33 years, a fan of WWE, uh, WCW, ECW, TNA, and others. AEW is my favorite company ever, and the best thing that happened to wrestling, in my opinion, great pay-per-view. Well, Church of Tupac, I am, I am supportive of anything that makes you that happy. Damn it. That's what we're here for. Uh, hopefully, you're enjoying this review show as well. But yeah, man, if AEW is your thing, hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Timeless Tony Storm is a lot of people's things. <laughs> so uh, we see Mariah May watching backstage. And I saw some people say, oh, it's, it's Mickey and Trish. It's Mickey and Trish. And even when people are kind of beat over the head with it and you're told, no, it's, it's all about Eve. It's all about Eve. Story of an understudy that joins a person that she idolizes, rises up, etc. I mean, maybe maybe showgirls with Elizabeth Berkeley for you perverts out there, but that's that's the that's the story. I feel like it takes all about Eve a little bit more than than showgirls. You know what I mean? RJ said he's been helping with this stuff. I love that Tony Storm hands a script to her opponent. And there's actually things written on there. But she tore up the script to start this. Uh, Hikaru Shida is perpetually over. They are very sneakily becoming like the historic anchors of this division. So you've got Britt Baker, who is a pillar. 
You've got Thunder Rosa coming back soon, who is, you know, established. You have had Chris Statlander, who just dropped the title to somebody else. We'll get there later. You have had Soraya, who is objectively the most famous person in the division. You've got Mercedes hopefully coming in. But Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm are both now three-time world champions. And I think that adding accolades like that is helpful. I know that a lot of people look at the hot potatoing of the titles and they don't agree with it. And I get it. I'm not sure that four months ago that Sheeta was planned to be a two-time champion, much less a three. I could be wrong, but based on the booking trajectory that I saw, it didn't look like she was planned to be a two-time champion, much less a three. So I had heard that you know maybe All In would have been her time. Well, she won the title before that. Then an Audible was called, which I think we had reported about on Fightful Select. If not, we are now. Soraya wins the title. Her family's there. They get We Will Rock You. A lot of cool stuff there. Then it goes right back to Sheeta because they gotta <laughs> they gotta get back on track. I do think that Tony Storm has always planned to get this title back. I believe that was always the case. It's just, I do also think that her beating Soraya for the title could have been a good story. However, the story that they wanted to tell on AEW was that Hikaru Shida was the reason why Tony Storm devolved into this. So I feel like they really couldn't have lost out on that one. You could have went with Soraya, who was the former partner of Tony Storm, or you could have went with Hikaru Shida, who is the catalyst for everything that we're seeing out of Tony Storm. ABW says they have to capitalize on the two women's titles. Tony, Sheeta, Julia, Chris, and Sky were all super over. Give Tony and Mariah a pay-per-view main event when it eventually happens. Well, we got to see how Mariah is, is, you know, accepted by the crowd or not. You never know. I, I mean, it, she seems can't miss, right? And the, the delivery and open has been very, very good. But you just never know. <laughs> Van Twinblade says, 10-butt Tony. Listen, I know some people hated it. I love that finish. <laughs> I love that finish. Uh, uh, so for those that didn't see, Tony Storm loaded her ass in her, her trunks with a steel plate and did the, the, did the old Sweet Cheeks music to Hikaru Shida. I know it was hanging out the back of, of her tights. But listen, Aubrey's not a pervert. She's not checking out people's asses. She's doing her job. She's counting the ones, the twos, and the threes. And sometimes fours through twenties. She's not scoping out Bun's cheeks while she's doing her job. Who loads up their ass, right? Why would you even think of a thing? That's the excuse I give it because I love the idea of the finish. Like we have seen, you know, quarters in the hands. We've seen the plates in the forearms. We've seen Brandy with the surgically repaired shoulder with the, the metal in there. We've seen like knee braces used and all that. We saw a shoe in this match even, even come into play. I love a good, a good loaded ass. Damn it. I liked it. I liked that finish. I'm excited to see uh, what you guys thought of it. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny. I'll tell you what's not funny. Versatility. 
There is no product that we have promoted more on Fightful that I use while I'm awake than NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You guys have probably seen me anchored to my desk an awful lot for quite a while, and I've always got NordVPN on all my devices. That's because that's what NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows. You get the fastest VPN in the world on all your devices, on all your operating systems. It is so beneficial to have that versatility. Here at home, I put it on my router just in case, and I put it on my phone, laptop, desktop, PC, and smart TV. That allows you to get all the benefits. The online threat protection, the ability to change your virtual location with just one click, the ability to use that NordPass password manager, the file encryption tool, all that good stuff on everything. Also, you can subscribe to all those overseas services I'm telling you all about, all with 24-7 tech support and a 30-day money-back guarantee on top of an already amazing deal. Protect yourself on all your devices with nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Rex Fortune says, Yuta with an FTW title run could be great and fits the BCC very well. I agree. I mean, I'm glad that they planted those seeds there. Oh, man, I'm going to have to ask for some super chats for this one, guys. Get your super chats. Get your humper chats in here at youtube.com slash Fightful or humperchats.com, this ladder match. Woo! So, one of my favorite moves of all time, Gonzo Bomb. Start off in a in a good power bomb hold. Sometimes a good jackknife over the shoulder can work as well. Drop him down into a pile driver. Uh, you know, sometimes you land on your knees, whatever the power bomb hold into the pile driver. Brody King did one of those through a ladder through a ladder, bro. What? My God. <laughs> My only qualm with the match Roosh set up that ladder on big bill's face. <laughs> and it was like the Dave Chappelle skit. The the turn the turn up my headphones. Where's my snare? That one. He was waiting forever before he before he kicked anybody. I was like, damn, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh like the participants in this, LFI, Ricky Starks, Big Bill, uh, FTR. House of Black, Kings of the Black Throne, uh, Malachi Black and Brody King. like They're all great. But I feel like because this match got announced as a ladder match last night, I wouldn't say I didn't have high expectations for it. But I didn't expect it to go absolutely guano crazy like it went. My God. Van Twinblade said ladder match. Holy F. Yeah, I'd say holy F. Uh, let me know what your favorite spots were in this match. Uh, Big Bill, Ricky Starks get the win. They are going to face Jericho and Omega, it looks like, in the future. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, like, Cash doing the, the body press onto that ladder or, or the splash onto that ladder, it's like, God damn, man. FTR are really good at everything, man. Like, they can adapt to anything. And at this point, 
like I shouldn't be surprised because FTR romanticize tag team wrestling. And I'm sure they romanticize a lot of the, you know, the ladder matches, TLC matches and all that. So they've probably had a lot of cool spots in their heads for a lot of these situations as well. Not just the incredible things that they do within the confines of a regular match. Like I, I look at them and I'm like, okay, they, they shouldn't surprise me anymore with the things that they're able to pull off. LFI, man, the crowd really, really liked them. They are going to connect at some point. Like they're, they're going to find that little something. And I mean, obviously Roosh has most places that he's been former RH world champion, big star in Mexico, all that good stuff. But like, they're they're going to find a little something and they're going to just take off. Ricky Starks and Big Bill have found it with each other. Man, it seemed like everybody was just aching to work with Big Bill, right? Like the firm wanted him and and Ricky Starks wanted him. Brian Cage wanted to team with him. He's been everywhere. He's worked with everybody. Because he is a great guy to have there because he 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 works to a lot of other people. Really, really effective. Kim Gray says, I know it's an AEW show, but Jimmy Uso was not at the Tupelo show tonight. It was changed to Grayson Waller versus LA Knight. Kim, thank you for that. I'll I'll see what I can find out. I'll see what I find out. Uh, or see what I can find out. Johnny Heck says, since the government's been going after crypto scammers lately, it's a matter of time before Logan goes down, for example, FTX and SafeMoon. I am not hip to that. I do not know details behind that. I know there was a big controversy about it. Uh, I wish they'd get rid of all the damn bots in my mentions. That would be awfully nice. BL says, how are you taking the Burrow news? It's a bummer. I've got a full show on it over at Common Bingles W. You can follow that on Twitter and on YouTube. As football is entertainment for me. And uh, for those of you who followed Fightful for a very, very long time, you know that I didn't take a lot of days off and it is a forced day off for me. And it is something that has improved my life exponentially. So I'm bummed out, but ultimately it's entertainment. It's football. I don't play for the team. They're my favorite team. Uh, I guess I'll just have to focus a little more of my energy on Kentucky basketball this year. So uh, not, not happy, but you know what? Still love football. So. Gonna gonna do the little pat on our back thing here. Friday, FightfulSelect.com, the leader in exclusive wrestling news. It's just $5 a month. $5 a month. And I know some of you say, I've never paid for news. It's okay. Newspapers existed for a very long time. And we're very accurate. And you get at least one news story a day. But it's usually more like 100 a month. And on Friday, we had reported... That Julia Hart, win or lose, was set to become a focus of AEW women's programming. Well, she won. She's going to remain a focus. <laughs> a focus on uh, AEW and their women's programming. Jambeard, yes, I did see the rumor about Dan Housen and t-shirts. I don't know if it's true, so I don't want to give any credence to it. Julia Hart defeated Sky Blue and Chris Statlander. So Fightful Select confirmed a report from Body Slam tonight as well that Sky Blue would have a new theme song, Butcher Babies. Um, it, it's been in the works for quite a while, quite a while. 
And uh, she had a great presentation tonight. And they did a great job in this match. And you're you're talking about Chris Statlander, who is the ring general here. Julia Hart, who, I mean, all things considered, does not have an incredible number of matches under her belt. And Sky Blue, who is also still very, very young in wrestling. All things considered. If we're talking about a, you know, a, a pay-per-view sense, like she doesn't have like a bunch of big pay-per-view matches and a, a bunch of high profile matches. And I thought they did really good. You got a 22 and a 24 year old in there with Statlander. Um, Julia Hart has had like less than 75 matches and she's winning a title and she deserves it because she has jumped all into this character. She has devoted herself to it. She has gotten it over. And the crowd loves her. And I feel a little bit bad for Chris Statlander. But she is going to be the next one that I, like I said with LFI earlier, she's connected with the crowd already in the past. She is going to find that thing, that one thing. And she's going to end up connecting big with the crowd again, too. Because we've seen it happen multiple times. Like when she popped up in, in the arcade anarchy and all that stuff like we we've seen that and i know a lot of people say well it feels like she didn't have a feud i get it i understand it she defended the title a lot like she beat julia she beat sky blue she beat willow beat jade beat brit emmy ruby like she didn't necessarily have high profile feuds but she beat like Mercedes and Anna and Taya. She beat everybody. She beat Nyla. So she was winning a lot of matches and didn't have necessarily feuds for those that were highlighted heavily. I wish they would do better with that. They need to do better with that because that would have made that would have made the emotional investment in this even better. But because it was like used for, well, here's Rampage, here's Collision. We need a title match. Let's let's put her on there. It didn't feel like there was a ton of story investment given. And nobody watching Battle of the Bells. Sorry. Nobody's watching. Just the way it is. I do think there is something to Chris Statlander losing this match. First off, Julia Hart stole the pin. Uh, and also, yes, um, Sky Blue had a badass code blue. Badass code blue. But I would like Chris Statlander to be like, well, neither one of you could beat me individually, but then all of a sudden this happens? Just saying. I'm wondering what is planned next for Sky Blue because from what I understand, she was going to go into House of Black in some capacity and obviously that's not happening. Johnny Hex says, please do an interview with Coffeezilla. I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know who Will Osprey is. By God. Now I just want to address some weenies on the internet that said, you didn't smile this like you did for WWE stuff. We have broken over a dozen AEW returns and debuts. And yesterday on the Fightful Select Q&A show, I was asked, who is it? And I said, 
William Osprey is who I have heard confirming Andrew Zarian's report. Andrew Zarian's a good reporter. He's good at this. I confirmed it. We also had it mentioned in our uh, scoops thread. Uh, so Will Osprey is the signing. FightfulSelect.com. I'm plugging it again. Has an incredible amount of information. Going to share some of it with you guys. He actually did have talks with WWE. Um, there was interest from TNA, obviously. There were talks with WWE. There were good talks from what I understood. They were happy with you know offers and things that were made uh, by the WWE side, but there were a lot of things playing in AEW's favor. He could finish out his New Japan deal, which he had said publicly he wanted to do, and he mentioned Wembley as well. He's probably main eventing Wembley next year. But it is uh, at least a three-year deal from what I understand. And um, it wasn't signed before like an hour prior. It wasn't signed as of this morning. They announced it without having it signed. So that was possibly risky. Like, I don't know if WWE could have swooped in. New Japan had given him his blessing or their blessing to go elsewhere and to uh, negotiate. And the partnership between AEW and New Japan definitely made that a lot easier. Definitely smoothed that transition out, I'm told. But um, Will Ospreay is going to be living in the UK. That's something that he had communicated to me uh, over a year ago. There was something that was important to him. But I can tell you that in conversations with him and people around him, throughout this year, I think they kind of realized this is your big contract. Like, I'm sure in three three or four years, there's going to be another one. But why not make this one a big one and make the next one a really, really big one as well? And uh, Alex Fitzgerald. So this is something Van Twinblade says, Osprey, yes. So I saw a lot of people say, why now? If he's not coming in until... AEW Revolution, if he's not coming in until February, why now? Why now? Well, look at our dude Alex Fitzgerald saying the exact reason. Announcing Osprey right before all-in tickets go on sale is a good way to hype up all-in. Exactly. I asked people backstage, why would Tony make that announcement, the all-in thing? And they said, listen, I get it as well. Probably not something I would have done. However, they moved an awful lot of signups because for the people that was big news to, it was big news. This is important to put asses back in seats at Wembley. Because originally it's, oh my God, first time AEW is in UK. Look at how historic this is. Gotta be there. Well, once you do it once, well, how's it going to draw the second time? Well, the second time you got Will Ospreay, one of the greatest wrestlers in the planet, one of the greatest wrestlers in ring ever ever probably pretty well saw people saying that's ah, predictable everybody knew who it was everybody knew who it was because andrew zarian reported it and did a good job at it otherwise no you didn't know who it was because people were guessing there are some 90 days did they get out of some 90 days what is it who could it ronda goldberg uh, Mercedes? No, we shot down Mercedes the other day. You did. It was not predictable before two or three days ago that a guy who was publicly stated as being under contract until February was going to sign with AEW. Come on, man. Listen, 
I know you got some people that are constant pessimists, but lay off it because a few days ago, you weren't thinking that Will Ospreay was going to sign anytime soon. Saw people say, oh yeah, a guy who's been wrestling on Rampage, a big signing. Yeah, it's a big signing. WWE wanted him. New Japan wanted to keep him. TNA wanted him. Everybody wanted him. Everybody wanted him. Everybody was willing to make concessions to get him. They were asking him about like dates he wanted to work in WWE. However, he is going to stay in the UK. He'll be able to do some select New Japan dates as best I know. But this is a big signing. And anybody like anybody trying to downplay this is not being truthful with themselves. Like just not being truthful with themselves. Because in reality, I saw a couple of other options that could have fit the bill. Mercedes 100% could have fit the bill of respected by AEW talent. You know, I had I'd mentioned Nakajima. He would be, but I don't know if it would have been hyped in that way. I think they would have set the stage a little bit differently for that. Jambeard says, world title main event for Wembley, Osprey versus Swerve would be my dream match. They got history. Uh, I believe they've got history. If I, yeah. Yeah, they got history. They can make something really good there. They can make really good. I mean, Osprey's 30 right now, too. Jesus Christ, man. What a signing. A phenomenal signing. Wesley Conklin, thank you for becoming a YouTube member. Oh, boy. The most super chatted thing of this show by far. By far. Gonna ask uh, our moderator, Luis, um, to check and see if the scrums have started. Get me any notes that are pertinent from there. Texas death match, which is a last man standing match in AEW. Swerve Strickland defeated Adam Hangman Page. So I spoke to Strickland this week. And um, he was in character for some of it. He said he was blindsided and all that. I can tell you there has been an incredible amount of give and take in this in this feud. Them being willing to go places that normally they wouldn't go and say things that normally you wouldn't be okay with saying to make you go, oh, is Hangman doing that thing that Punk accused him of again without taking a shot at Punk? Like Hangman bringing up Swerve's family, like uh, his fiance leaving him, not talking to his kids, uh, breaking into Hangman's house. I'm going to try to sum this up. This match was gross, disgusting, over the top, unnecessary, brutal, grisly, gory, excessive, and exactly what it needed to be. It was sick. I don't enjoy this type of match. I enjoyed this match. 
I don't like glass and and all that stuff in, in matches. I enjoyed it here. Not a big fan of of virtually everything that they did in a lot of over a lot of different contexts. But in this context, oh boy. I'm going to try to talk. There, there's so many spots here that I'm going to try to get the super chats because there's no way that I can have a cohesive recollection of the order in which these happened. Like this was somehow overly gory and sports entertainment storytelling simultaneously. They found that really, really perfect mix. And I saw a lot of people that weren't happy with the Brian Cage interference. And I think there's a big story being told there. One, I don't think they're done at all. I don't think they're done. Hangman's going to get his. But Brian Cage was there to help swerve. Where were all of Hangman's friends? Oh, well, they were getting warmed up to fight each other right after this. That's where they were, not helping him. They're too busy fighting with each other, bickering amongst themselves, trying to decide if they like each other for the 50th time, to be there for Hangman with cinder blocks and barbed wire and glass and everything else all that's going on and the guys that hangman helped start this company with are too caught up in their own incessant bitching and one-upping each other and dick measuring to help him out that's i think that's a phenomenal plot point i think that's very interesting because if they're not there for him then at that moment, gonna died. <laughs> then what? What good are they to him anymore? Right? What good are they to him anymore? He was a much better friend to them than he was than vice versa. This go around. In Simmons says the way my jo mouth dropped when Hangman drank Swerve's blood. Not only made my jaw drop, but made me say, Hangman just become a top star again. Swerve just proved he's a permanent top guy in AEW. We knew that Hangman was going to be perpetually over and always a top guy, right? And we knew that Swerve was capable of it. You know how I mentioned earlier, like that LFI Chris, they'll find that one thing that sets them apart and gets them over. When Swerve was first in NXT before Hit Row, I saw him and I was like, man, he's going to find that one thing and he's going to be a top star. A lot different than just, oh, they'll, they'll be really over. Top star. And you could see that to a degree with Hit Row. Now he has found it to such an extreme degree that it is unbelievable. And Hangman Page, since day one of AEW, has been. The picked guy 
more than MJF, more than anybody else, because he was the first person to come out and say, I want to be AEW champion. You could see the direction they were going there. He was the first feud for the title. Had had one of the best stories ever leading up to winning that title. And man, that title, like I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him back in the title picture eventually, like, like within the next six, seven months. But what about Swerve? Swerve had to hang this man to beat him. Hit him with a cinder block. Brian Cage had to come out. He, he this is some of the craziest, sickest shit I ever saw. James Stalling says, Hangman Swerve was a beautiful, disgusting work of art. Absolutely incredible. And Dante says, the Swerve-Hangman match tonight might not be for everyone, but it's for me. A-plus grudge match. I felt like they conveyed the emotion of the context of the situation. Swerve told Hangman that he was complacent. What Hangman did was show that he wasn't complacent. Maybe he was, he's not anymore. However, Swerve had said, I will do anything to take your spot because you don't deserve it. Swerve absolutely did anything and everything to take Hangman's spot. Broke into the man's house, did all this crazy shit tonight. Swerve rules, says Luis. And Twinblade says, Swerve versus Hangman, good God almighty. Bako 5 says, Hangman versus Swerve reminded me of Cactus Jack versus Triple H Street Fight. Submitted both men as top stars. Match of the year. Yeah. It is, it's one of those things that will now exist to always go back to. And I don't know if they do another pay-per-view match, but I think they're doing another match. I think they'll try to pop a number off of it, is what I see. And it won't be as gory as this or anything like that. I think they'll try to pop a number off of it. I think Hangman's going to get his win back. But there's a difference in getting your win back. And Swerve can point to this and say, this is taking years off your career. Marcus says, Steel Cage, that would make sense for Hangman because he's got nobody to help him and he wants to keep people out. Dante says, get me a t-shirt with Swerve bloody smiling and stapling himself, and I'll buy it day one. Yeah, he stapled himself throughout this process. Whew. Dilo Diggs says, thank you, Fightful. Thank you, SRS. My opinion, personally, the Texas Deathmatch should have main evented. Yeah, listen, in retrospect, yes. And uh, MJF's your most over guy, though. So I get it. Justin says, Hangman drinking swerved blood was the pro wrestling equivalent of BJ Penn licking his gloves. Some sick dude. Yeah. I would love to find out how that got mentioned or if he just did it in the moment. If it got pitched, how did this come up? Yeah, and then, and then I think I'll think I'll drink your blood, okay? And Swerve goes, what? Okay. Swerve told me the what up turds line came from his drill instructor. It was a fun interview. Very fun interview. Zach Schimmel says six nut shots tonight. Crazy at death, death match I've seen and great show from top to bottom. Hope everything keeps going well for AEW. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Lots of dick kicks tonight though. 
Alex Fitzgerald says Hangman and Swerve topped Mox Omega Full Gear 2019 as the most brutal AEW match. Hangman drinking Swerve's blood and spitting it out was insane. It's going to be hard to top that, right? Like, that's something I've never seen in wrestling before. I've never seen in general. There's not a lot that, yeah. I'm, listen, if I'm on Reddit, I'm probably watching street fights on there. Between that and MMA and pro wrestling and all that stuff, it's it's hard to see something for the first time. We saw that for the first time. I haven't even seen that in movies. Jam Beard says, put Swerve Bandito, if he's available, pack in the tournament, have Swerve win it to become triple champ. I don't think Swerve's planned for that. Bandito maybe, pack isn't. I was trying to think of a great comparison for this match. It's kind of like the saw of pro wrestling, right? It's hyped up. It's got story. And when the gore happens, there's a reason for it. I mean, the first saw, okay? Got some crazy twists, but it's also somehow mainstream. I think if you're getting compared to a, a movie, Saw's a pretty solid one in that sense. BCA says the swerve match is the most uncomfortable I've been watching since the Rhodes Bros. I know they're professionals, but the juice was a step past what I can stomach. Uh, swerve is amazing. Hope he never feels he has to do that again. Well, listen, I, I don't disagree with you. I completely respect your your, your uh, point there. That match isn't going to be for everybody, for sure. I feel like a lot of times you only have to do that once. Like Randy Orton only had to do his type of thing once or twice, right? Like the thumbtacks, barbed wire, all that. He only had to do it once to show that he could do it. He was willing to do it, right? Even Edge, like, you know, he had the ladder matches and all that. But then when he speared Mick Foley through the fire, he showed he was willing to do it. Speaking of willing, Landon says the Will Osprey signing was kind of disappointing. If AEW wanted a big signing, they should have signed the greatest wrestler of all time, Tyrus. I should not be able to have a better match than the NWA champion. Broadway Joe says people are butthurt. Will's not going to WWE. Hope their fans enjoying the same four matches for the next 10 years. Cody Roman 45 going to hit different. Listen, Broadway Joe, I respect your opinion as well. I've rather been enjoying WWE of late. Some scrum notes. MJF said he loves wrestling very much. Said that while some versions might not be his cup of tea, he respects every athlete in the company. As long as this MF, describing Tony Khan, pays him, he was very tearful when giving that speech. Will Ospreay said he would love a third match against Omega, wants to wrestle everyone in AEW, and said that no one would know his name without New Japan. Julia Hart uh, says she was very proud of herself and her evolution from her cheerleader, cheerleader days until now. Johnny Hex says, CoffeeZilla did a bunch of videos on Logan Paul's scams, and uh, he did expose FTX. I'll see about it, but uh, I mean, covering crypto stuff is not exactly my beat, but I understand your passion in the situation. I got a passion, guys. A passion to get you guys to sleep. 
I have sang the praises of Helix mattresses for years here on Fightful. A few years ago, I got a Helix mattress. It changed the way that I slept. It changed the way that I lived, the way that I worked, everything. Uh, the quality of sleep that I have has improved so much since I got their Dusk Lux model. And right now, you can get the best deal ever at helixsleep.com slash Fightful for their Black Friday sale. From November 20th through November 26th, Helix is offering 25% off all mattresses plus a free bedroom bundle using the code HELIXPARTNER25. That is HELIXPARTNER25. This bundle includes two free pillows as well as a set of sheets and even a mattress protector. You go over to helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Use that code HELIXPARTNER25. A few years ago, I was not liking the way that I slept. I was waking up achy. I was on a slab of memory foam. It just wasn't good for me. I did some research. I found Helix and all of their great reviews. And I thought, man, I don't know how I feel about getting a mattress online. Then I read the reviews. I looked at the process. You take their online quiz. It matches you up for the mattress that is just right for you. And it will be just right for you. They have all kinds of mattresses. Ones that cool you down. Ones for plus size sleepers. Ones that align your spine of all sizes. Not only that, they have a great risk-free offer. where You can try it for 100 nights free. And if you don't like it, you can just get your money back. You're not going to want to do that, though. But hey, if you do, they'll even come get it for you. 10 to 15-year warranty when you try out your new Helix mattress, which is shipped to your own door for free. Man, your spine, it needs that extra TLC. It's got a great hybrid design that combines individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers up top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. That Helix quiz will get you feeling right. Go over to helixsleep.com slash Fightful and use that code for Black Friday. Helix Partner 25. Love Helix. Very excited to continue working with them throughout 2024. Uh, I sincerely have a Helix mattress. And not only that, their sister company, Allform, I bought two of their uh, couches for my house when I moved in last year. So, they got great products all around, as we do here at Fightful. Please leave a thumbs up on this video. Uh, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. Of course, you can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com for exclusive news, just $5 a month. You can also leave us a super chat or a humper chat, but if you, uh, you, you don't have the funds or anything like that, I've been there, my friends. You can leave us a nice review on our audio platforms, especially stuff like Apple, Spotify, that type of stuff truly helps us out a lot because that's not generally where the majority of our audience finds us. They're usually finding us on Twitter or YouTube videos. So that helps us out an awful lot. Jericho said that he got 10 stitches for the cut on his arm. Golden Jets defeated the Young Bucks. And now Jericho and Omega... <laughs> get the title shot that the Bucks had won. This had a very unenviable position, right? Like, they went on after a match where they did everything. Everything. And they still got the crowd. And it started really slow. And I was like, man, are they going to be working to Jericho's pace? No, Jericho did his best to work to their pace. And he got a, a rough cut. 
Now, I don't know if that I, I didn't see what that happened on or if there was maybe an errant piece of glass. By the way, in that match prior, there was a 450 on the glass. There was a pile driver onto the the uh, or there was a Death Valley driver under the cinder block, a pile driver under the barricade. Insane stuff that we barely we barely scratched the surface on the spots. We were talking about the spectacle of that prior match. Uh, Baco five says, you know, Cody Rhodes is watching that street fight while on the phone with triple H begging to gig himself at war games. Any chance we may see color? Possibly, possibly. Jericho said in the scrum that he cut his arm on the steel steps. Fan twin blade says Jericho wins. LOL. Jambeard says great match, but not into the childish bratty young buck characters. It makes me less interested in their matches. I disagree because I feel like the young bucks are at their best when they're bratty and obnoxious and all that. And initially, when I said that on Twitter, somebody said, yeah, people are usually better when they play themselves as a shot at them. And I was like, thank you for proving my point person with the CM Punk avatar. You're very clearly motivated by this to dislike them. They are going to accentuate that heavily. They are going to do everything that you claim that they do, and they're going to turn it way up. They're going to look at every criticism that is popular online, like they did with super kicks, and they are going to turn that up. And they are going to make you dislike them even more. And then you're going to have a you're going to dislike them even more than that because you're like, I can't believe they would have fun at the expense of this. And you'll get mad about that too. And hopefully you'll watch. That's what they got to hope. They hope it won't just drive you away from the show. This is a better match than I expected, honestly. And I mean, you know, obviously these are good performers, but I love the story of like one of the Bucks using the Judas effect, then uh, Matt Jackson going for the one-winged angel and did it. He actually did it. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Jericho and Omega got the win, and there was a cool tease of Omega V-triggering Chris Jericho, but he hit the ropes, and I think he hit Nick Jackson. Solid match. I mean, about halfway through, I was like, you know, this could have been on Dynamite, and probably could have been. I understand them being like, name value, Bucks, Omega, Jericho, put it on here. But there were certainly a couple matches that could have been on dynamite but this show didn't really feel like it was a five-hour show and this one being in that spot to where it's like oh what what could you possibly do right i thought they did pretty good all things considered i thought they did pretty good and it was to further the young buck story of them being difficult to work with and being bratty and being obnoxious the Young Bucks very clearly did their breakdown, their meltdown, just like Chris Jericho did in the 90s in WCW. Jericho grabbed a chair and just slammed it into the ring post over and over again. They've done that multiple times now. It is very obviously an ode to that. Maybe an homage, so to speak. At the scrum, Will Osprey put over his brief time in TNA, said he wanted to hear everyone out, see what was best for his family. Uh, Fightful did report that TNA was also uh, interested. 
And Osprey had, had interest in going back there. Wouldn't doubt that he maybe works one in the future, but uh, yeah, of course they're interested. Why wouldn't they be? We are heading down the home stretch, my friends. Get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. We greatly appreciate you guys for being here. The guns had beaten down MJF and he took off in an ambulance later. And then there was a promo where Tony Schiavone was about to hand over the title to Switchblade Jay White. I did not like almost any of the angle stuff. I really enjoyed the the competitive nature of the main event, but none of this made sense. And really, Samoa Joe defending the title for Adam Cole doesn't make sense. I just choose to overlook that because it's fun. So the guns take out the top champion with a chair after the match and send him to the hospital, canceling the main event of the pay-per-view. But they're allowed to come out for the main event of the pay-per-view. Now, they got a great pop for them to get thrown out, but why would that be allowed? In kayfabe, why would Tony Khan allow these two guys who ruined the main event of his pay-per-view to be there? Well, he wouldn't. They'd be long gone. They'd be suspended, possibly fired. Then there's a promo where Switchblade Jay White would have been given the title by forfeit because MJF couldn't show up. Why? You know who's connected to Switchblade Jay White. You know it's the guns. Why should why should Switchblade benefit from that? Match is delayed, it's canceled, whatever. Well, why should he benefit from that? You you knew the motivation. It ain't a secret. Got Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. You knew that that guy was connected to Tanya Harding. Then Adam Cole comes out and he says, you know what? I've talked to Tony Khan and I'll defend, I'll defend his title for him if I have to. Why would Tony Khan and kayfabe allow that? That's a huge liability for any number of things. This is so overbooked and unnecessary. And I know that ultimately you're getting Adam Cole on camera and you're accelerating this storyline and a whole lot of different plot points, but so much of it just didn't make sense as to why the hell would this happen? Especially like MJF need help getting over? No, guys, mega over. Mega over. If you would have just had Adam Cole say, no, not yet. If he doesn't show up, then you can strip him of the title. Hmm. Maybe. But like saying, oh, well, I'm going to have this match for you. Defend the title for somebody? What? And Twinblade says, no twist ending. So thank God I didn't need another twist there. So MJF shows up in the ambulance, and I do believe that stealing an ambulance is probably the only way that he would have made it back in time. It's L.A. traffic, so that did make sense. That made a wonderful amount of sense, actually. And he comes out, and he, his knees hurt and all that stuff. He's fighting from underneath, and 
I love the match. Shocker, MJF, one of the best performers on the planet. Switchblade Jay White, one of the best performers in the planet, who 10 months ago was headlining the Tokyo Dome. They had a phenomenal match. It was a very sports entertainment match. They went very heavy into, well, here's how you get a reaction off of the guns, and here's how you, you play off of the sympathy of Adam Cole with his boot and his crutches and the like. The match was incredible. You knew the match was going to be great. MJF giving everything, having a gutsy performance, really hitting home how much this title belt means to him. Not just becoming the, the most defending champion, becoming the first one to ever hit a year as champion with that title. And uh, the, the table bump was great. I liked it. The big elbow. Oh, my. God, MJF's a psychopath. MJF did a elbow drop, did an elbow drop from the top rope to the floor. Jesus Christ, man. That was that was nuts. So we're gonna read some super chats, humper chats. Get them in here. MJF picks up the win. Uh eventually. Adam Cole almost cost him the title twice, which, you know, is going to accelerate an awful lot of devil talk. Was he trying to cost MJF the title? I think that devil bill is an awful lot like Adam Cole. That's me personally. I don't know. I have had people asking me nonstop, do I know? I don't know who's the devil right now. FightfulSelect.com reported that whoever is under those masks at least the masked men are it's who they're portraying. That's who they're supposed to be. MJF wins. Dynamite diamond ring. Clock to the head. God, he's got a great working punch. Jesus Christ, man. I used to hate like a, a loaded punch as, as a finish. And then William Regal sold me on it. But Jesus Howard Christ. MJF. As one of the best working punches you will ever see. He had a great opponent in Switchblade, Jay White. He's such a main event performer, both of these guys. But I didn't need all the convoluted stuff around this. Dando says, not my finish. Would have had Cole with the white smoke and mirrors for 10 minutes, then lights out. Devil's affiliates attack White. A DQ rare in AEW makes MJF look like the devil, despite it being... Colin O'Reilly. Listen, I don't know if I need uh, more co more convoluted stuff there like that. Um, maybe if the, the devil would have shown up and maybe taken out the guns or something like that. I don't know. Justin Averis that thought the pay-per-view ended a little flat would have been a nice ha progression to have the devil story after the match. Very least, they should have asked why the devil wasn't there, but Cole was. Well, that's what you ask on Monday or Wednesday. That's what you ask on Wednesday. You go, "What? The devil wasn't there. Haven't seen them in the same place at the same time." Oscar says, "If the angle was to have a babyface MJF overcome the odds and retain, there are better ways to do that than having Jay White job for uh, two injured guys." Um, jobbing. I mean, that's that's not what. Listen, man, it's the main event of a pay-per-view. 
of an AEW pay-per-view in LA. He didn't get buried or anything. He didn't get jobbed out. He got hit in the head with a weapon and kicked in the dick. Like, MJF did not win this match clean. <laughs> the booking surrounding it, yeah, it wasn't for me. But, like, him losing, I didn't mind that at all. Dante says, I get MJF still to cheat to beat Switchblade, but I don't think that was enough to protect him. Losing to a one-legged man and no devil at the end. I think him kicking him in the dick, getting hit with the ring, Adam Cole being there to serve as a distraction, I think that was enough to, to protect him. And now what I want to see is a very embarrassed Switchblade Jay White taking it out on everybody else. Irene, our good friend, says the main event was overbooked, but the match itself was good and having Cole around made for a great, is he the devil, tension. I don't think Jay finally losing one match sends him into the phantom zone. I agree. Like, who are the guys he's losing to? CM Punk and MJF? As Justin Coates says, oh, tell the truth, he got jobbed out. Justin, listen, all due respect, that's goddamn stupid. That is so goddamn stupid. That that is that is like the young bucks fit after the match. Like, are you kidding me? What Jay White's won like what? 15 matches in a row? He's been losing. He lost to like FTR. Did he even lose to Punk? I think he lost to, to CMFTR early on. Guy wins a lot. A lot, bro. I'm trying to think if he's lost a singles match since he's been to AEW. I'm going to pull it up right now. Just because I feel like it. No, as it turns out, Switchblade Jay White has won every singles match that he had until tonight. What does the past have him do to do with losing to a guy on one leg? I don't know. Getting kicked in the dick, punching the head with a ring, and having that guy second out there. A guy with one leg. Do you know how many MMA fighters I have seen? Go watch Robert Whitaker's title win. Go watch Robert Whitaker's title win. Was Yoel Romero a chump because he lost to Robert Whitaker? Who barely had barely had one leg. No. No. Come on. Come on. Get real. The booking. Can't agree with a lot of the booking around it. Jobbed out. Are you kidding me? This man beat Penta and Mark Briscoe and Dax Harwood and Andrade and Ricky Starks and Adam Hangman Page for the love of God. Come on. Jobbed out. Should be a sh That's disgusting. Disgusting engagement farming. Tony says, announcing Max J early was not the right call in hindsight. I know we complain a lot about AEW late card announcements, but pay-per-views, but J Max could have been announced late with the amount of people after Max. I wouldn't have felt like it was dragged out for as long as it did then they wouldn't have done what they did tonight with the buy-in, trying to reheat a cool-down feud hours before the thing. It just made things weird. 
This I agree with, Tony. I would have had this announced much later. I would have had something like, you know, the board, the committee, or Tony is going to make a decision on who should get the title match against MJF because there's so many people chasing him right now. And then Samoa Joe is pissed off about it. That leads to him taking it out on somebody. Also leads to him setting up his deal for the ROH title. It makes Wardlow even more pissed off. Leads to some people being mad. K360 says, if you were to craft a match, an angle that would piss off wrestling fans on Twitter, the live crowd would love. That's what the main event felt like, and I felt like it was intentional by MJF. MJF has a lot of say in his stuff, but um, he's also very good at explaining his stuff, too. And I know that he listens to criticism, but he's also very good at looking at criticism and being like, I'll show you guys. And then the next week, something absolutely fire happens. Broadway Joe says, MJF said he's the real world champion, fanning the punk flames. And come on, Seth lost to one boob Cody. That's a world beater right now. Jay will be fine. Exactly. He lost to a man with one titty. One titty. Everybody that got beat by Brock got beat by somebody without a colon. That's how diverticulitis works. Black Phoenix brand says, I've seen a lot in my 30 years, but that swing ma- hangman swerve had my jaw on the floor. Beautifully cringe. Swerve is a star. And Dando says, if swerve is not a chant by the end of 2024, I'd be very surprised. Me too, buddy. Me freaking too. I'll have Luis uh, check scrum information really quickly before we go, but I just want to thank you guys so much for being here. This is a a crazy, crazy stretch. I've got uh, full gear tonight. I've got Survivor Series next week. I've got WrestleCade next weekend. I'm going to be doing dozens of interviews. The next week, I'm having my first wrestling match in six years. Don't know how I'm going to feel about that, but uh, it's at Black Label Pro December 2nd. I just want to make it clear. I'm not getting paid for this. Uh, Any money like that is going towards a donation to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They have a lot of wonderful resources that uh, help a lot of people, and I've worked with them for a very long time, and I would uh, really appreciate if you guys would make a donation, uh, whether or not it's in in that name or whatever. So far, sponsors and pledges uh, have raised, I believe, $3,000 for me doing this match. So, uh, that is something that is very, very important to me. If you're in the Chicago area, please come check it out. Uh, make some noise. That way I don't get ridiculed on the World Wide Web, even though no matter what I do, some weirdos are going to hate watch it and post it on Twitter. I would greatly appreciate you guys uh, making a nice donation to NAMI.org. Also, please check out our audio platforms. We're going to be pushing those a little bit more. We are on threads. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on all that stuff. We're going to have a bunch of news on FightfulSelect.com, including some interesting WWE news this weekend. Uh, We'll have a follow-up on the MLW thing. Hammerstone showed up. Uh, That was not a work. They did come to an agreement, though, and uh, he is back there for now. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Uh, At the Scrum, Big Bill discussed overcoming his addictions, uh, saying wrestling played a part of him getting sober. Uh, He also said he was engaged to Lexi Nair, (laughs) which made uh, Ricky act shocked. Uh, 
so yeah, we're going to continue to have more notes from the presser and all that stuff. Uh, Big Bill, Ricky Stark's still up there. We haven't even gotten into Tony time, so you guys can head over and check that out. I want to thank our moderator, Luis. You can also head over to Fightful Select. Alex and Kate have their post-show review going on right now. Uh, to wrap up this this thing, this super chat, I kind of went over the or or like just breezed past the first part. MJF always felt like he was the real world's champion. And I'm sure he took exception to CM Punk saying the stuff that he did. Speaking of CM Punk, Friday on Fightful Select, I'm doing a written CM Punk FAQ. If you got questions about the CM Punk situation, going to address them there. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.